Welcome to Demand Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demand, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here Demodcast. My next guest hails from the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. He's been a martial artist since age nine and studies Japanese just so he can send Noriko Matsuda a love letter. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for your boy, MC Amazing, Evan Mays. Yeah. I love that intro, man. That was great. <laughs> How are you doing today, man? Doing really good, man. I'm glad. I'm just glad to be here, to be honest. I'm just happy to be here. So I, I appreciate it, man. Like, this is super cool. I had a really pretty good weekend. So um, you know, this is uh this is something that like it's kind of like a continuation of having a good weekend like this and like, you know, the past few days. So I'm like, yeah, man, I'm feeling really great this week. Man, thank you for taking time out to talk to well, we're not perfect strangers anymore, but thank you for taking time out to talk to a uh, kind of a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get started into the six questions, tell everybody where you want to be found on the internet. You know, it's me, your boy, MC Amazing. I can be found in a couple of different places. One of those is Twitter, for better or for worse. <laughs> I go by um, MC underscore Amazing on Twitter. That's at MC underscore Amazing. MC underscore E-M-A-Z-I-N-G. Same tag on Instagram. If you're interested in that, I post on there very not regularly, but I do post on there. If you want to watch me on stream, which is something I'm probably going to start doing again very soon, it's Twitch dot tv slash amazing xp that's twitch.tv slash e-m-a-z-i-n-g xp other than that you know you'll you can find me on the disputed podcast i'm on there uh pretty regularly you can also find me on the input output podcast i'm also on there very regularly as well i'm kind of involved now i guess so it's kind of nice got your fingers in a lot of pies that's really cool man you know what it's really nice to be um invited and appreciated you know what i mean i could be that schlub that nobody wants on their thing and be like i don't know man the energy's not right we don't need mce amazing on here so it's really really good to be invited to these kind of things to be like people like, hey man we want you on the thing i'm like oh thank god <laughs> you bring such energy and fun and with just a sprinkle of silliness that I am a huge fan of. And, and so anybody who is missing the opportunity to have you on their show, that's on them. You, you will, as far as I'm concerned, you never, you should never have to worry about that again. It, it's only going to get better for you. I believe. Wow. That was, that is probably one of the nicest things anybody's ever said to me in my life. I appreciate that, man. Like we were saying before, what happened was, is that initially I didn't even start like doing streaming or podcasting or anything till around like 2018. Before then, I was, I would say like introverted. I would never have done anything like this before then. My friend was like, hey man, you know, you should try this out, try out streaming. I was like, yeah, why not? And then it's kind of like, you feel like you're building a persona. Like it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to be a lot more outgoing. But then it's like, was that a persona I was building or was that the way I felt? the whole time mm. you know maybe i just didn't have the outlet to actually express myself like that and before i knew it this was me and i'm kind of like yeah you know i've been wanting to do this i'll be honest i was just too scared 
now I'm not scared. So I'm, I'm, I'm all out here now, man. Like, it's great. My wife brought this to my attention because I can be really gregarious and silly and stuff like that. And, but I'm not like that all the time. And my wife explained to me, it's like, well, just from my observation, you are extroverted to people who fill your spirit. Like you're, you're, you're good in places that fill your spirit. So when you're not, when you're not in a good place and you don't feel like you're in a good place, you clam up. But when you're in a place that it at, you feel like a adds to you and you feel like you can add to it, the demand that I know that your friends know comes out because you feel like there's a, there is merit in that. And I, and it seems like yeah. you seem to be the same and, and it's, it's, and that's a, that's a great thing in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, that, those are some serious words. I didn't even think about it like that until right now. You know, I guess it's like when you feel like the energy is right, you know, when you feel like it's right and like it's the right space and the right atmosphere, then it's like, it's easy, right? To feel at ease and like kind of just be yourself. But yeah, like if you're, if the energy's off or like things aren't like, it just doesn't, it feels not quite the way, way it should be. Then of course, you know, you're going to be a lot more cautious. You're not going to be as eager to like, you know, just come out and be like, yo, hey, here I am, you know, like I gotta, gotta test the waters a little bit first, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, have you always been like, you know, like really outspoken or outgoing and stuff like that? Or Now that I think about it, yeah. I had a dorm radio show in college. I've been on television quite a few times and my first foray back into the world outside of work and home was Toastmasters. So long story short, yeah. For me, the Disputed Podcast was kind of like my Toastmasters, right? Like, get to go out and then kind of like, you know, really work on my, like, the whole essence of debate. But also, I don't plan any of that stuff. Like, the stuff that I I just kind of like, it's right off the top. So I'm like, okay, I got to improvise. The only thing I know is the information. Like, I'm like, okay, I got to watch The Expanse. By the way, great show. And... You know, you're sitting there watching The Expanse. Okay, Amos Burton does this, this, and this. And then it's kind of like, okay, well, what am I going to say about that? And I really don't know 100% until like I'm gonna, until I'm right there. And then and there, I'm like, okay, boom, 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 I got it. But before then, I'm kind of like, I got like the essence of an idea of what mm-hmm. I want to say later. So that was, um, honestly speaking, it's like, it all feeds into each other, right? Because then it's like, okay, the Disputed Pod makes me better at uh, speaking, which in turn makes me better at re- uh, talking at work which in turn makes me a good employee. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it all helps, man. Like it all, it, it one hand washes the other, I guess, in that regard. And it'll help your, and it'll help your stream channel. People will, you know, ask you questions or comment on what's going on with that improv practice that you had with us and Undisputed. You can, you know, you can come off the dome. One of the biggest moments for me of Disputed was when, you had um, Johnny Lawrence, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, and um, and right at the begin, like right at the beginning of your uh, your side of it, you tear off your shirt. You've got your Cobra Kai shirt off. I was like, <laughs> for me, that was you know that's that's part of the, that's part of the showmanship. So like, hopefully, we've uh, helped you improve your stream just to be able to track wild stuff like that. Yeah, I I actually really enjoyed that. I was like, okay, I got to do do something. I was like, Oh, I got it. Like, I'm going to just come in and then it'll just be like, whatever, whatever, whatever way I have to do 
in order to get to that point where I'm ripping off the shirt, that's what I got to do. I got to like, whatever I got to say to get there. I'm like, and then it's like, okay, da, 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 da. oh, well, you know what? What kind of mook wears a shirt? Like, rah, like, I was just like, yeah, man. And I, I was like, yes. I, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm like, I didn't win, but I gave it my best shot. I was like, that was, uh, this, I'm like, I'm going to give it a hundred percent, man. I, that was really fun. I love that. That was great. MC Amazing. Are you ready to answer the six questions? I am. If I am, sir. Actually, I, I'm, I'm ready. Let's do it. Question number one. When did you know you wanted to get into podcasting or streaming? Back in the 2018, my buddy, he lived in California and he came to live here with uh, me and my family for a little while. He was actually really into the Twitch streaming scene. He really, he knew a lot of streamers. I think he had started streaming at that point. And I wasn't really doing anything. Like, you know, I had like a, I was mostly working, you know, like little side jobs and stuff like that. And he was like, you know, you should try out streaming. So I'm like, okay, why not? You know, I've never done anything like that before. One thing that he was talking about is like a lot of streamers start out without a face cam with they They don't show their faces until way like not way later on but later on in their like development as a streamer you know till the, so they become comfortable right i was kind of intent on jumping in on the deep end right i was just going to jump on the deep uh, get on the deep end and just go all right i'm gonna i'm gonna come in i'm gonna have my face cam on and i'm gonna come up with the gimmick really quick and so the gimmick was is that i had like pins on a like this little beanie i used to wear but it was really heavy you know with all the pins so what did i do I got a top hat like that I was wearing for um, Halloween, completely unrelated to that. It was just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be like, you know, kind of like Dr. Vasilier from Princess and the Frog or something. And then I was wearing it on stream and people were like, oh man, that's a good look for you. And I was like, you know what? I bet the pins look better on this hat than they do on the beanie. And I would just, I just put all these pins on it and it looked fantastic. That was around the moment that I was like, okay, I think I can do this. You know, I think this is something that I can do because up to that point, I was, I was definitely not the kind of person to want to be in front of the camera mm -hmm. for extended periods of time. I'm like, oh man, what am I even going to talk about? Who's going to want to listen to me? When you start out streaming and stuff like that, that's basically what happens. You're going to be spending a lot of time. Like I remember people like a lot of time you feel like you're just like talking to yourself and sometimes you will be, but at the same time, you got to focus on having fun. Like that's the whole point because it's your, your, you and your, and the people that are watching you, they want to see you having fun. So if they come in and they see you just kind of being like, you know, whatever, they're going to be like, mm, I don't know about that. You got to be having the same amount of fun that you would have if you weren't playing like in front of people. Yeah. I mean, like that was, I think that was around the, the time when I got the top hat and I had the pins on it and I was like, okay, I think I can do this. This is something I'm really interested in. Yeah. Where did the name MC Amazing come from? Back in when I, this was back when I was in college, I had to sign up for a, um, a, a fighting game tournament. And my little brother, he was MC, he was, he was amazing. And he was, I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. But I think my version sounds better. Amazing. So I think mine sounds a little bit better. I was like MC Amazing. I'm not sure why I always put the MC in front, I always thought it sounded really cool. MCE amazing. Like it always sounded really cool because, you know, first name Evan, last name Maze, e amazing. So uh, that was really cool. 
people used to refer to me while I wasn't around as the MC. <laughs> they'd be like, oh, they'd be like, oh yeah, man, like the MC. And it'd be like, no, they, you know who they, who they were talking about. They're talking about MC Amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the long and short of it. That's where the um, MC, the Amazing came from. And then eventually, you know, I remember one time, I'll never forget this. I was on stream and I was playing Tekken and like somebody like was like, okay, yeah, I'll play you. And then I won a match. I won a few matches actually. And somebody else in the chat was like, wow, you really are amazing. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Now everybody knows. <laughs> And you're like, you damn right. <laughs> <laughs> like, was there ever any doubt? <laughs> Question number two. What do you wish you had known when you started out? You know, one thing that I wish I had known is that not to focus too much on numbers, man. I really, when I, I started out, and this is like one of my shames, I feel like is that I focused way too much on numbers because I wanted to prove everybody wrong. You know, I didn't have any other jobs at that point, you know, except for like little side stuff. Like I would do like user testing or something that game earned me like 10 bucks, like uh, for a test or something like that. Always being like, well, what's my follower count at? You know, how many subscribers do I have? Stuff like that. Uh, I feel like that was something that I wish I had to, like I could go back in time and say, hey, don't worry about any of that. Focus on having fun, focus on engaging with your audience. Because when, when you do that, it's like you might have fun in the interim and you might engage with your audience, but there's always that pressure. You feel like this pressure kind of bearing down on you that I got to make this work. I got to make this work. One of my um, family members was kind of like, you need to have an exit strategy and this, that, and the third and, you know, whatnot. You know, hearing that I mean, it makes sense, but at the same time, when somebody says something like that to you, I mean, you're a, a few months to a year in and they're like, you need to have an exit strategy. It's kind of like, it's very kind of demoralizing to be honest, you know? Mm -hmm. To me, it was a little demoralizing because it felt like, you know, they didn't believe that I could do it. You know, they're kind of like, you need to have a way out and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, you say that I need to have a way out, but you know, how about tell me something that'll help me get this going. Tell me where I should go, who I should talk to, you know, what type of um, stuff do you like to see? You know, like, don't tell me to abandon ship, you know, right now. Like, I, I'm like, we just left, we just left port. You know what I'm saying? We can't abandon ship now. And that always kind of bothered me a little bit. Stuff like that kind of got into my head, right? Because then I'm like, okay, I got to succeed. It got, it's got to work. It's got to work. It's got to work. And then I feel like because of that, I, I made some decisions that weren't exactly good that that just weren't good decisions so i would say yeah if i uh, i would say hey listen don't worry about the numbers just focus on having fun having focus on making sure that everyone else is having fun and it'll uh, it'll all like it'll all work out how has the community building for you been since you've realized that you know it's yes it's all about the numbers when it comes to dollars and cents but the important part is you know, the having the fun, like once you kind of made that switch, like how's the community been like community building been for you? The community building comes a lot more, I guess, naturally, like you feel like, uh, I mean, people will come in and try to talk to you. Some people who come in and they're like lifers, man, they will definitely, they'll be stuck with you forever. 
and it's not even just about like people that come into your stream. I went to Reddit one time. I started playing this fighting game. It's called DNF Duel. And then, by the way, they're um, patching the game. For those of you out there who play that game or played it, they are patching it and they're adding a new character. I started playing the game and the character I play is a, a character called Grappler. That's, that's his name, Grappler. The thing was, is like, I was having an issue kind of making it to the next level of what I thought I should be. I feel like, I felt like I wasn't where I needed to be at. So I was like, hey man, is there anybody in Reddit that can help me do this? So this one guy just messaged me out of nowhere, referred to as a drummer boy. And me and him started talking. And then all of a sudden this guy's like, a, we're talking like all the time. We're playing like video games together and whatnot. And he's like part of the group now. He's part of my group. It just felt like, he kind of just meshed with the rest of the community so well, mm -hmm. you know, when you're focused more on having fun and making sure that everyone around you is having fun, everybody kind of like meshes together. Everybody's kind of there for united for a common goal, which is just like good times, making good memories and stuff like that. And yeah. I think that's the most important thing. Every once in a while, I like to, I think about, man, like all the times that I had a chance to make a really cool memory and I passed on it because I was scared or because I, I, you know, I felt like I wasn't ready. My parents used to would tell me that that whole thing about, oh, you're not ready or whatever. You're never going to be a hundred percent ready for any of the uh, like great good stuff, like the great stuff that you do. You're never going to be a hundred percent ready. So if you wait until you're a hundred percent ready, it's not going to happen. It's just not because you're never going to be a hundred percent ready. So, you know, just jumping out there and like getting, just like I said, jumping into the deep end and just being out there, I think, and just doing the thing and then making corrections along the way is something that's really like really helped me, you know, just being like, okay, I'm not going to be perfect, but I don't have to be. Realizing that I don't have to be perfect on, on camera, that I don't have to be perfect, like generally speaking, and just focusing on making, making good memories with good people is what has really elevated the way that my, uh, the way that I've uh, built my community, I think. You got that yeah. thing in common and y'all vibe and hey, let's do this. Like for instance, you and me are talking right now, mm -hmm. right? And this is a chance, like it's a chance meeting that didn't have to happen, right? Like my mom's like, oh, well, you know, like I, she didn't talk like that, but she was like, hey, they're doing this podcast and they're looking for somebody to advocate in the, the, this debate for Black Dynamite. I'm like, Bro, I love that movie, but I hadn't seen the sh show. So I had to watch the show. And it's like, okay, now I'm involved with this thing. And I met you and Dean. And I'm like, oh, man, this is actually pretty hype. And now I like, we all know each other. Dean knows me. You already knew Dean. We all know each other. And I'm like, okay, now, like, like basically, I made two new friends. I made, and every time we have another, um, another advocacy, I'm basically making another friend. Like, mm -hmm. it's like one more, one more friend to add to the roster. And I'm like, you know, that's great, man. Like, I mean, it's kind of like one of those things that the internet has really brought us because like we're we're a million miles apart. But it's like my mom talks about meeting meeting my dad. It's like you you meet this meet these people and you're talking to them and it's like you've known them your whole life. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like, that's 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 the stuff I love. That's what I live for. <laughs> Question number three. What is your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? Normally, I would uh, say something like Ishka Bibbles or something like that in Philadelphia. But 
I grew up here in Dallas. Like this is where like, you know, I mean, this is where I spent most of my life. So this is technically my hometown. So here in Dallas, it's a completely different story story. So the thing with Dallas is like the food down here is amazing. Like there's so many, but the competition is fierce. If you're, if your food isn't up to par, you'll, you'll just fall to the wayside. It happens all the time. There's a particular restaurant that used to be here. It's not here anymore. I think it's like in Addison or Plano that um, it was called, um, uh, originally it was called um, Tejanos and then they changed it to Corazon de Tejas. Corazon de Tejas is a fantastic, well, was a fantastic restaurant here in my neighborhood. And I mean, they sold, like they had a really, really good taco salad. I mean, a fantastic taco salad. Not only that, but they had like secret menu items and stuff like that. But the thing that really caps it off is their margaritas. Now, I'm a huge margarita fan. I love margaritas. They would sell like, they sell them in like, you know, like normal glasses like this big. But on Fridays, Fridays during happy hour, they just come out with these big giant glasses and just be like, oh, now drink <laughs> it. Now drink it. And I mean, man, if you were looking to like have a good time, you would go to Tejas, oh, excuse me, Corazon de Tejas on Friday at three o'clock. Because <laughs> I mean, they were giving them out, man. They, they're just like, we don't care, man. We're trying to get rid of this. That was a place that me and my family would go. Like that was like a, that was really important. Like it was like, a, it was a neighborhood restaurant kind of thing. And the owner would like walk around and be like, hey, how are you doing? Like you enjoying the food, stuff like that. It always felt really good to be there. It was a play. It was the food was good. The atmosphere was great. Like they had a mariachi band and everything. And I mean, I was like, wow, this is great, you know. And um, it's a real shame, you know, that it went away. But I mean, you know, it's like gone but not forgotten. So uh, to answer the question, yeah, the uh, taco salad at Corazon de Tejas here in Dallas, Texas, that would be like that's my go-to meal in my hometown. Is there a place that you go to now with your family? That's not replaced it, but it's kind of, you know, it's got to fill, something's got to fill, uh, fill the void. So is there a place now that you go to that fills that? Not really, man. Wow. Wow. Okay. Honest. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Most of the time when we're talking about like, you know, like you saying, fill in the void. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all it is, you know, just us trying to like recapture, recapture that. Trying to recapture a Corazon de Tejas because it was such like a big deal to us, you know, it was like, that was a, like, it was a family thing. We can, we went, we went, we didn't go every week, but we went pretty frequently and we, we, we everybody get excited. We're going to Teja, Tejano's. Yes, and it was fun and it was fun. And the food was amazing. And, ah, you know, there, there are plenty of places that they're good, but they're like, you know, good Mexican restaurants and t- uh, Tex-Mex and whatnot, but they're not Corazon de Tejas, man, you know? All it is is me trying, just trying to get a little, a little taste of what it was like back when, um, it, dang, it's trying to recapture part of my childhood almost, you know, because like that was sitting there with my, my fam, my brothers, my sister, my mom and dad, you know, dad sitting there, you know, uh, look like his like face is all, <laughs> his face is all like the muscles in his face are all relaxing because he had too much, too much margarita and stuff, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, he, he's like sitting there. I'm like, oh, <laughs> mom driving home. <laughs> yeah. You could tell, you know, it's just like, he's been like, his face looks all smooth and everything. It's like, oh, yep. 
<laughs> they got him. They got, and it's not even like he's sitting there like, oh, I, I don't drink. Like my mom, my mom does pretty much all the driving. So, you know, he can always do that. So if my mom's sitting there, she's like, oh, this is too strong for me. Like, I can't, I can't drink this. He'll just be like, oh, give it here. He would always do it. You're not going to, are you going to finish that? He's that, he's that guy. He's, he's that guy. He's like, hey, are you going to finish that? I'll take it. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so, amazing. I'm trying to think if I have any other questions about that. Oh, did somebody retire? Uh, do you know why it closed? Or is it just uh, one of those capitalism money things and just didn't make enough money? They didn't own the um, the lot that they had the uh, restaurant on. CVS wanted into the neighborhood, I think, is what I what I heard. What I heard is that they got bought out, basically. Like, oh. that they, yeah. So apparently they already had one other location in Addison, which is like further north from here. But... I was like, man, I don't, Addison is like at least like a 30 minute drive. I'm going to say, all right, not 30, like 20 minutes drive from here. Mm. And it's not the same as like just driving around the corner and being like, here I am. It's just, just a shame, man, because like that's, this is not like a unique story, unfortunately. You know, when people have like restaurants in their hometown and their, in their, their neighborhood, like in their, in their neighborhood and it's just like, it just disappears, you know? Here today, gone tomorrow, kind of thing. Question number four. What are you curious about? One thing I'm I'm actually really curious about is like kind of the some of the stuff that my it's gonna sound weird, like some of the stuff my brother's into, like quantum dots and stuff like that. Like I'm a complete layman in terms of that kind of stuff. I have no idea what he's talking about sometimes when he's like. It's like that stuff goes completely over my head. But like one day I would like to get my brother to just sit me down, get a whiteboard. And I'm like, all right, man, explain this to me because I want, I want to know, you know, being a human being, you only live for so long and there's only so much knowledge that you're ever, ever going to get your hands on. So I think it's kind of like, man, maybe I should just focus on like, you know, the stuff that's like nearby, but there are some things that are a little bit outside of my ken that I would really, really like to, even if it takes me a couple of years to really, really understand. That's one of those things like, you know, him talking about like nanoprocessing and all that good stuff. I'm like, bro, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, cause he'll sit down and talk to me. Like, I know what he's talking about. I'm like, bro, <laughs> why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> Something that has helped me, I don't want to say disguise my ignorance because I just, I, uh, if I don't know something, I don't know. But something that's helped me with conversations with people that I seemingly have nothing in common with is like with something like, like what you're talking about with your brother. And what they start explaining to me in jargon, uh, I'll, I'll stop them. It's like, okay, look, I want to know what you're talking about. Explain it to me like I'm eight. Oh, yeah. Expl you know, explain it to me like I'm a small child, and I will ask the questions I need to ask as we go. And you'll find out if that person really knows what they're talking about. Because if you can talk about what your, your expertise to somebody who has no idea and no frame of reference to what you're talking about, and you can explain it to them, you really know what you're talking about. And gotcha. so, so for me... I'm a massage therapist, so sometimes people ask me about, well, why does my body do this, and why, why do you find 
certain points and I have to explain to them, I was like, well, because you haven't, you know, uh, as an example, most, a lot of people work in computers and we all have phones and cars and stuff like that. So everything is in front of us. So a lot of people's shoulders roll forward and uh, their arms kind of turn in. So, and, but they'll have, so they'll have upper neck and back pain and they'll, it's like, well, why did I have that? It's like, well, you have a front to back imbalance. You know, you have a dominant, you have a dominant hand, a dominant eye, a dominant foot. I played soccer, so I always explain that one, right? So, if you have a dominant, you have dominant sides. So, if you have a dominant left side, dominant right side, you also have a dominant front side, dominant back side. So, most people, their front side is more dominant. The muscles they can see in the mirror are more dominant over the ones that they can't see. And that's why they have those, have some of those issues. So, wow. So some so next so when you get a chance to talk to him about it, please record it because I would I would love to hear some of it. Like ask him to explain to you like he's like you're right, and he's your brother. He'll do that. He'll do that for yeah, you. Right, and yeah. and you'll and you'll have a better understanding of it, and also have a better better jumping off points to either a ask questions or b do your own research. So. Right. Yeah. That's a good. Uh, yeah. That's a really good point. You know, I didn't really think about that. You know. Like just being like, hey man, just explain it to me. Like you were like, yeah, like I'm I'm a small, like I'm eight, like I'm a small child, you know. Because then like they they feel like okay, I'm gonna break it down to like the basic basic building blocks. So then we can build your foundation and then really get into the nitty gritty later on. Which is yeah, that's 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 some good advice there, Demond. <laughs> well, thank you. And that's how we learn anything, you know. Like uh, that's how that's how that's how we learn anything. We didn't, you know. If, if I don't know if there are any calculus people out there, but if, you know, you don't learn calculus in my daughter's in the third grade. You don't learn calculus in the third. She's in fourth grade. You don't learn calculus like in third or fourth grade. You learn addition, multiplication, and then it built everything builds on itself, builds on it, and and then then you get to if you decide to go that far to calculus or whatever. Like it, it's it's the same thing with everything else, but we as adults. You know, I mean, I'm I'm just as guilty as anybody else. We as adults forget that we don't want. You know, sometimes we don't want to be beginners. Like, no, I want to jump in the deep end. I'm I'm an adult. I can figure this out. Like, no, no, man, <laughs> just 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 do it like you do it like you teach your kids. You know, you know, a hundred percent. That's exactly what I was about to say. Like, as an adult, you feel like okay, I can just like run right into this. I should. You feel like, oh, I should be able to just know, like, learn this, like, no problem, you know, it's whatever. And then you kind of get that reality check, like, oh, wait, no, I got to start all the way from the beginning on this one. Like, I got to, I have to start from square one. Otherwise, the one thing you don't want is gaps in your knowledge, right? Is when, like, you know, people, somebody, when you're trying to do something and it's like, oh, geez, I don't know how to do this because I, I like, you know, and this is like something that's like a basic thing, but you jumped all the way to the advanced stuff and you're like, you've got gaps in your knowledge on, on like your basic foundation about like basic stuff. So what happens? The whole thing crumbles. That's a good point. You know, as an, as an adult, we, we kind of like overestimate ourselves, you know, and it's like, there's nothing wrong with like saying like, Hey, you know what? I just got to like, start from the, start from zero, just start from zero and go from there. You know, and really give myself the chance. You know, that's what I think another issue we have as adults is like people don't give themselves the space to fail. Mm. You know, yes. uh, we spend a lot of we're like, OK, I'm supposed to supposed to be good at something. I have to be good at this, you know, and we really, really punish ourselves for not being good. Like during the first couple of like attempts, like the first three, four attempts, it's like, why am I not good at this? Why am I not good at this? And it's like, yo, like. 
realize that you're learning a new skill. You're learning something new that it's not going to be easy when you're starting out. Like that's the whole point. Like it's not supposed to be easy. It's so you can really, I think, gain an appreciation for what you're learning, you know? So you look like, look back and then somebody else asks you a question later on. You're like, I remember that. I remember starting out. I remember how tough it was. Let me, let me explain it to you how I learned. And then the cycle begins anew. And something I learned, like when teaching other people things that I've learned over the years is while you're teaching someone else, you will have a different angle and appreciation and maybe another, you'll add another wrinkle to your knowledge while you're talking to somebody else about it. It's like, oh, I never thought about this before. I will get a deeper understanding of something I quote unquote already know. So even right. so going back to teach, you, you, learn, you learn just as much, if not more than them. And then back to the thing with failure, and this took this. I just got this fairly recently, and watching my you know watching my kids grow up is school does not at least the way that I was at least the schooling that I received it punishes you for not knowing instead of going back like in my in my, in my daughter's class they actually you know she they actually will they'll take the test. And then they'll go over it, and then sometimes they'll retake it because the teacher, she's a really good teacher. I really like her a lot. I can't think of her name right now. She probably won't listen to this anyway. But <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but she's really good about going back and helping the kids understand what they missed, why they missed it, what's going on, So and making sure that they get it because it doesn't matter if you get it right or wrong. It matters that you keep improving and keep – adding on to your knowledge base, which is what school is supposed to be for. Right. You know what I mean? And so when, so at, at growing up in, in uh, growing up in the schools I went to and, you know, and they, the teachers were doing the best they could and they did what they know. Um, I, I realized that, and it was just, and it's a personal thing for me is like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to get it wrong. I feel bad because I get it wrong. And wh what does that make me as a person? Nothing. It makes you human, but we, yeah. but we forget that. Yeah. 100% like we do forget that and it's like you get so focused on the grade so focused on the letters the a the b the c and people are like you have to get good grades and stuff but what exactly is going on if you're not getting a good grade what is happening here it's not necessarily like oh you're stupid or something like that it's like hey there's a disconnect somewhere that you know that maybe like the material is not clicking maybe this particular method of teaching isn't working or maybe they just need like somebody to say, hey, read this paragraph again and you'll be okay. Just like, you know, I remember when I was younger, it was like all I cared, like, it's like, oh man, I didn't get a good grade. But nobody ever taught me how to like look past the grade, the letter grade and look towards the meaning, what the meaning of that is. What, what, what does this mean? Like there were times where I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't do the work. Sometimes I didn't do the work, but Sometimes I didn't do the work because I was like, I was afraid of failing. So I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I was just like, I was paralyzed. I was like, Oh, I, I like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. So I'm, I'm not going to do anything. And you get a zero, you know, and it's kind of like, well, why didn't you do that thing? It's like, how, and you know, come up with like some lame excuse or whatever. It's like, but what it comes down to is I was afraid. I was afraid of failure. So I didn't do anything. Kind of goes back to question number two when you were talking about you were more concerned with the numbers instead of having fun. Yeah. Where, you know, with uh, learning, uh, you know, in school, we are more concerned with the letters instead of learning. Message.
Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Classic. Question number five. What should I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask? That's a very that's a very interesting question, you know. So here's an interesting look. I look back on this and I've told this story a couple of times and it's always been really interesting to me. So this was a couple of years ago before the uh, before we were all uh, put under the boot of uh, COVID-19. This was uh, the year of 2019 and I just started going to tournaments and conventions. I went to basically most of the conventions that I've gone to in my life. I went to in that year. I went to Texas Showdown. I went to QuakeCon. I went to DreamHack Dallas. NEC 2019, I went to defend the North that year. But we're going to focus on NEC right now. So NEC is a tournament. It was in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And what happened was, is that when I was trying to get set up to go there, I was like, oh man, like I'm trying to make sure everything's all, all squared away. My brother, he, one of my brothers lives up in Philadelphia. He has friends up there. He says, hey man, I got a buddy. His, his name's Darnell. You know, I wish um, I could contact him, but I know that he's going to be going to another tournament, you know, another tournament. So I don't know if you guys will be able to hook up. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So go to NEC. I'm having a great time chilling, whatnot. So I met this guy, his name, uh, man, what's it? I can't, I don't know what his real name is, but um, man, I can't even remember his tag right now. He's a really cool guy though. I'll have to look it up, but I met him through a friend, the friend that I went to the NEC with, uh, uh, Tempest, my buddy Tempest. I'm, I met this guy through him. I was walking down the hallway. This was um, in, the, in the hotel where we were all staying at. And the dude that I met, he walks into this room. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more. I'm like, you know, this is like the year I'm getting more out, outgoing. I'm talking to people. So I'm like, I'm going to go knock on that door. So the boom, boom, boom. Not, not. And so... This dude comes in and he uh, comes out and he looks at me and he's like, hello. And I'm like, yeah, hey, man, I saw one of my uh, new friends walk in here. It's like, uh, what are you guys doing in here? He's like, playing video games. I'm like, oh, okay. Playing Tekken? He's like, yeah. I'm like, can I play? And he's like, uh. And then like, there was like another dude that I knew in there. He's like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Let him in. So they let me in. We're playing Tekken. I got beaten up for like like a couple hours. (laughs) So... I, I left, right? Day ends. The very next day, I get a friend request on Facebook and it's from uh, Darnell. I can't see the dude's face on there, but I'm like, all right, I'm just going to uh, accept the friend request. I'm standing there and the dude that opened the, that answered the door yesterday walks up to me. He's like, Evan Mays. And I was like, do, do we know each other? And he's like, I'm Darnell. And like, you know, I'm Adam's friend. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that. Are you serious? I'm like, bro, that was like some, something out of a sitcom. I, I mean, like, you know, they say like truth is stranger than fiction. I was like, wow, that is crazy. I had no idea. So yeah, we've been friends since then, you know, and we tell, we both tell that story every once in a while. Cause it's just, it was just crazy. Like I met him without it. He was like, I, I knew you reminded me of somebody. You got the same energy as Adam, but I, I couldn't place it. I was like, oh man, that's wild, man. That's a story I like to tell. That's hilarious. And it's, it's yeah, like if you wrote that as a screenplay, like as part of a screenplay, nobody, it, they would say, oh, that's, that's unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Life is stranger than fiction, Lightway. 
Do y'all get a lot of conventions in Dallas? I, I would say, yeah, we have a decent amount of conventions. We have, the, I think Akon happened down here um, a while back. They have um, DreamHack Dallas, which is, uh, they used to have it in Austin, I think. And then they moved it over over here to like the K. Bailey Hutchinson area to the, uh, and that place was great. They have like, um, one of my favorite things is that a, they have the BYOC, bring your own computer or console or whatnot. And which is like a little roped off area where you like pay a little extra money and they give you a spot to chill at and you put your computer and your monitor and all your peripherals there. I mean, like you can come in there and play video games. You just walk out, you have like your tag on and everything. The only thing, the thing about it is, is though, is that at a convention, at a thing like a fighting game convention, cause that was like, it's not really a fighting game thing. It's a video game thing in general. But the thing about it is, is that it's kind of hard to put a price on having a designated place to sit down. You know, when you've been walking around and you've been getting your steps in and you look at your step counter, and it says like 8,000, you're ready to just like take a load off. And the BYOC is one of the, is the place to go because you've got like a designated spot. You sit down, play a game for a little bit, sip on, sip on some coffee for a hot minute. And you'd be like, ah, my legs have recovered and I'm ready to walk around again. Cause believe me, you'd be walking around. You're just like, Oh my gosh. And before you know it, the wear and tear on your legs is like crazy. You're like, Oh, Oh God, please. I need somewhere to sit down. All the seats are taken because everybody's playing Tekken street fighter, DNF duel, whatever. You're like, Oh God, Oh God, my legs are about to get out. The BYOC man, that's a lifesaver, but yeah, we have a decent amount of uh, conventions and stuff here in Dallas. And if you t uh, talk about like Texas as a whole, I mean, Anime Matsuri is uh, another thing. Oh, we have an Anime Dallas here too. But um, Anime Matsuri is over in Houston. And Houston's only three hours away. It's a three-hour drive. In a few hours, you're there. And you're ready. You're ready to party, man. So there's Houston. Austin is about three to four hours away. So in like the, the area, like three to four hours away, is a completely different city with a completely different cadre of conventions that happens there. So I would say that, yeah, down here in DFW is good. But if you're talking about just the general area, even of like Texas, like here around the area, three to four hours, you're, you're good, man. Like there's a lot going on. The only, the, the only bad experience I've ever had, I can't even say that I had a bad experience at it, but it was like at the tail end, I caught COVID. So it was kind of like, I'm trying to leave. And I didn't even know what was wrong with me. I'm like trying to leave. And I'm like, uh, oh God, what's wrong with me? And I'm sitting down and laying down on the ground. And like, like some of the security people are like, yo, man, are you okay? I'm like, oh yeah, oh, I'm fine. Don't, don't worry. It was rough, man. Question number six. If you could create a new holiday, what would it commemorate? This is going to sound really corny, but as a fighting game player, there's a particular archetype of characters I like to play. They're called grapplers. They get a lot of flack because they do so much damage, you know, just by grabbing people, which I think is amazingly cool. The new ho the holiday, I actually said it like a couple, like a year or two ago, when you do like a throw move in um, Street Fighter, you do a, uh, you hit the, uh, the stick or you go on the D-pad, 360 one like a full revolution around the pad 360 if you do it twice it's a 720 so i call it a grappler day and it's on july 20th 720 grappler day so for <laughs> i love it
I love it. So how would you celebrate? I would say that everybody, everybody pick a grappler character, show some love to those grappler characters and Shermie and King of Fighters uh, 15. Matter of fact, Shermie, Orochi Yashiro, Astaroth and um, Soul Calibur, Grappler and DNF Duel, um, Zangief and Street Fighter. Listen, man, go to your nearest grappler, put, put your hand on their shoulder, but don't let it rest there for too long because they will grab you. Aggressively hug your friends. You know what I mean? Like, a, you know, as a grappler, it's your duty to aggressively hug your friends and let them know how you really feel about them by hitting that 720 on 720. You know what I mean? Like, that would be the new, the new holiday, grappler day. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Any parting words or anything? Yeah. I would have to say, man, thanks a lot for inviting me, bro. It meant a lot for you to ask me to come uh, to be here. Cause it, it's like <laughs> when it's like a validation, right? Like it's like, like a little validation, like, yo man, like somebody thinks I have enough value to be on their show. Like that's, that's awesome. So I appreciate that, man. Just like everybody, everybody, like I said, like we were talking about earlier, always give yourself the uh, space to fail. Just remember that failure is not the end. That's just a one, one step. And you might think it's a misstep, but it is, it's a step towards proficiency. And always appreciate the people that are in your life, you know, right now, whether you like, you know, cause things are rough, things can be rough. And I know people get into arguments and stuff like that, but never let that be something that like separates you from somebody. You know what I mean? Like it's important to focus on the, on the love that you have with your friends, your family, your loved ones. Always remember that, you know, our time is limited and we should be spending our time like making making life better for the people around us. That once again, Demond, I really appreciate you letting me come on here and just chat with you for a little bit. Like this was really fun. I mean, I, I loved every second. Whether it's your first time or this time, thank you for joining us for the six questions. And if you like the show, tell the world. Please jump on your podcast app, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends. That's the best way to grow the show, and more can join the conversation. Next week, we are talking puppies, D&D, and canceled manga with the co-host of the podcast Shonen Flop, David Weinberger. So, until next time, see it, hear it, speak it. <laughs>